Boom! It's two seventy one. It's your favorite Overwatch podcast. Hopefully, maybe maybe we're your favorite. Maybe we're not. I take second or third. Maybe. Yeah, I'm cool with second or third. Yeah. TCP, we're back. Uh, we're here to talk about some some stuff. Uh, some of it's good, and some of it is mildly interesting. Jessica, uh, <laughs> how are you? <laughs> you know, coping, coping. Yeah, it's big coper hours out here. Uh, won't lie, it's a. Uh, Bleak isn't the word I would use, but it's definitely not uh, this smooth sailing. This is like if 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 you wanted to teach your child ignorance is bliss, then this moment is the teaching moment because I personally think this like the situation with and of course we're hitting to, with the whole net east thing and everything and like what do Chinese Overwatch teams do and blah blah blah. Like depending on how little you know about this. It it could feel not that bad, but also I will confess that ignorance is bliss for me because I feel like I don't know enough yet either. So I'm blissfully just like in, enjoying not knowing with certainty what's happening. Maybe it uh-huh. isn't as bleak, but my mind wanders. I'm I'm a I'm not I'm not sure if you know this about me, uh, Joe, but I'm very gifted at imagining the worst possible scenarios in every possible situation oh don't i know it (laughs) don't i know it it feels like every other week once the season ends every season um i have to talk him off you know just crawling under his bed do we want to preparing you want to go down uh memory lane Oh no! Oh no! Why, why do, are we doing this localization model? Ah, oh, oh, this guy's not that <laughs> bad. Come on! Oh no! Why are we going to YouTube? It's not that bad. Look at the LCS viewership. It's very good on YouTube. It's not going to k- kill the viewership. It's all fine. Um. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, w- what about um, hero pools? Though, like, you need something fresh. Like, <laughs> hey, you never, you never had a a. a, a Contempt you didn't I didn't ever fought you on hero pools. Right. That was I was right there with you. That that's shit was true. head ass. Yeah. But <laughs> the, the <laughs> saying that yeah, there's there's that's no, no. a whole episode. Yeah, I just completely distorted reality <laughs> and made all the I took like two things where I my overt complaining hit. Be yes. basically displaying that the clock was hit uh, right twice a day and le- uh, conveniently left out all the times where I j- was just being a piss baby. As and, and a lot of it, it's not necessarily you being a piss baby. It's a lot of like the, the um, to the degrees at which you think something is, is bad. Look. Is usually just like breaking the thermometer. It's so hot. Look, basically what I can explain to you is I get into a tram and I look at the structural integrity of the train and if it was to derail uh-huh. where would my survival chances be maximized I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna answer your question with a question how much do you fucking know about trains um I don't know but my head cannon is super strong <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly that's episode 271 thanks for thanks for coming in i want to give a special shout out to uh our patron producers uh that make this show possible um one thing i want to get out there especially early on the show and that i have your attention um 
there there are ways that people can support the show if you can't do it monetarily that's totally fine uh downloads on spotify on itunes that's really helpful liking subscribing all that stuff you know the youtuber spiel just interacting with the video letting it play is also great so just keep in mind there uh, but yes shouting out the patron producers we have to give a special thanks to avril vista baby battle crab refined bean bronze babu how Picasso, Chris, R34444, Kasha67, Lotion, Porkchop, Sammy, Rex Zane, Stuck in Bronze, and our YouTube members, Isam Jello, William Jess, Vish Ma'am, Fire Element 6, AK, Chris R, Brother, Stuck in Bronze, Samuel Spaza, Adam L, and Sagi Fumi. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Uh, yes. Netties. Oof. Netties, from my understanding, is a distributor of Activision Blizzard products in China. Now they are not. Not a good sign. Yeah. Not a good thing. Net is nuts. Um, <laughs> it's November. Yeah, true. Um, well, uh, right. To catch people up who might have missed this piece of news, and I mean, maybe TCP is the one source uh, for your, you know, weekly go we are, in the off season. Let us know in the comments. Uh, that would be interesting feedback to yeah. know. But basically. Um, in Chinese gaming, you need a distributor or rather like a, li a company that does licensing for you because not every video game, of course, uh, can just, you know, be, be imported into China. They have pretty stark regulations. And previously, I think from 2009 onward, if I'm not mistaken, uh, NetEast did that for Blizzard Entertainment and Activision Blizzard. Um, and... Now, that is no longer. And while there's no de definitive reasons given as to why that happened, there's ample speculation why it is, um, including, you know, statements from the CEO of NetEase and whatnot, bottom line being the following. As of this moment, there's not a way to... Uh, um, sorry. As of this moment, by January 2023... The license agreement runs out by which point Overwatch 2 will no longer be accessible to uh, Chinese audiences. Right. As far as we know, and once again, I will have to caveat this a ton of times. Once again, ignorance is bliss. Mm -hmm. We have to assume they also can't watch. Right? So Interesting. Okay. The, the, all, of course, if they could watch via, you know, streaming and whatnot and VPNs and these hurdles just whittle down the the you know course, yeah. amount of audience you can expect. And as we found out, very impressively, this audience wants to watch something they can play, right? Mm -hmm. So if they can play the game, well, they are in only watch mode, uh much like we were for most of season two uh five, and we know how that went. So as you can see, this situation opens up a wide gradient of doom, basically, right? From, ah, they will maybe make up and maybe by the time January rolls around, it's not going to be that bad, to maybe they can find a new distributor. But also here the background is that China actually hasn't approved any non-domestic games in a hot minute. And getting a new license deal agreement, even if they were to, you know, get with Tencent or something, um, sure. that would all take time. And the approval pro process would likely just exceed, for our purposes, the start of Overwatch League uh, Season 6, which we currently project someone, you know, March, something like this, right? Yeah. So, um, 
now we're swimming, right? As as a result, uh, we had to delay the signing window, the roster signing window that was uh, set to open, I believe it was the 19th. Now it's the 2nd of December. And um, we don't know really what will happen to the APAC region. Mm. It was already previously interesting to me. I personally also ha had no idea what, what was actually going to happen. Um, one would... Uh, like. It wasn't a given to me that Valiant would stay in, in APAC. Now I'm not sure. It wasn't a given that, um, you know, that we would just generally like proceed as we did uh, with th that same amount of teams. Um, are we mm -hmm. going to get, you know, another migrant team for like a season in there because they miraculously have parted up with a team that has some infrastructure there and therefore can do the hosting there? You know, that's all a possibility generally. Um, or are, were we going to find any other solutions? Um, then I think Halo reported that you heard had heard uh, behind the scenes that they were debating like playing out of Korea. Once again, this is all very shot from the hip type of uh, you know solutions. Depending on where what the actual state of affairs is, right? It's there. There's there's a ton of solutions that could be feasible contingency plans, right? Mm -hmm. Some of them are very radical. Uh, some of them are less intrusive. It comes down a lot to the financials of these Chinese sure, organizations that were already previously pretty strained, as we saw with yes. Chengdu, who had to cut that back players uh, last year. Uh, charge has been on on a bit of a saving spree for the last couple of seasons in comparison to uh, you know the first couple of seasons they were in the league. Mm -hmm. So presumably the financials were already strained in China. Of course, they had a pandemic that hit super hard uh, at the start of the season. You know, teams locked out and whatnot. That already kind of strained the situation. Now this is, I mean, depending on how impactful this is in the end it might just be the worst news Overwatch League has ever received right um, it practically nukes the revenue opportunities for four teams from Orbit if yeah. if it is as harsh as you know my is the is the sea home of this train is this going to protect me when the when the train falls over type of mm -hmm. brain circuitry from that region it could just be, I mean, it has to be devastating news. I was workshopping a um, satire piece this week, which which mm -hmm. went like Overwatch League hires, um, you know, shaman to drive out the demon that it ha had been possessed by for causing a pandemic. And, you know, like um, now this wider scandal of NetEase and like, uh, you know, um, uh, in a turmoil in their the company's offices, which they didn't have direct connections to and whatnot. Like, this league has... Jesus Christ, dude. Like, it's basically ha has been running a the Titanic from iceberg to iceberg to iceberg to iceberg, and somehow it's still tumbling, right? And it's... Yeah. Like, we're still, we're still on the uh, door, Joe. We're not letting go. We promised... Leo to survive and we will fucking do that until we're like 91 and can, can tell a tale about it but um, yeah I think generally speaking um, 
I think there are contingencies, but man, has that hit hard. And once again, one has to say this is this is something that the league office has absolutely yeah, no this is, right. Like, yeah, no, this is nothing that like Spectre or Miller or anybody of like Overwatch League brass is like they are. And I mean this in the most sincere and harmless way. They're ants to the people that you know. The, the powers that are making these decisions right like they are they are so far in like they're off in a side room somewhere that you know operates in the realm that you know is overseen by these powers that are operating these deals it, it they have next to nothing to do with this um if you want to be you know if you want to and, and we kind of talked about this prior to the show if you want to be like frustrated um this isn't the this isn't the thing to get frustrated about, especially if you're looking at it from like a team's perspective. Um, there's plenty of there are plenty of things to be frustrated about regarding like information and communication, and you know maybe even like details of like what's going on behind the scenes and messaging that to the team so that they can do things right. Like that's that's maybe where you should be. You know, keep keep whatever energy you may have. I don't even think that people are like all that. I don't think people are riled up about this, but it's like very it's it's important to note that. <clears throat> This is not an Overwatch League thing. This is like a a big business decision that just has fallen through that like has yeah. implications here. Nope. Um, it would be no different than like you know the Microsoft merger going through and like it affecting the league. It has nothing to do with the league. Like this isn't like Sean Miller going out. Oh, nope, it's time to pack up. Microsoft's here. Like no, this has nothing to do with them. Yeah, I think the one thing that you can say to the league, um, in terms of like how they reacted is. I think I personally would have liked them to react a little bit quicker, even though I, once again, they probably also just had to inform themselves what this means, what then communicate with their franchise holders, what it means. But like the, moving the, I can tell you because I've, I mean, my DM slid up at that moment. Sure. The, the people with roster guidance or power in the league found out at the same time as the tweet went out that, right. Uh, the the signing window was going to be delayed. I personally think, for various reasons, even without the NetEase uh, situation, that this had to happen anyway. I think okay. a lot of teams were... Is there anything that were, you can get into? Basically, like, teams were not sure um, what to base their budget on. And, like, this, this uncertainty um, permeated the league... To a large degree, unless your owner has fuck you, seemingly fuck you money, right? Sure, sure, sure. Um, so I feel like this probably helps in some ways. I'm not sure if it's mm -hmm. enough. I'm gonna be. I keep it 100 with you. If anything, is 100 pill. This has um opened. Okay. Opened the door for some tomfoolery. Uh, which we might see as so soon as the window opens. Because, okay, uh, here's the mechanism, right? Okay. <clears throat> Mechanize me. Everyone tries to hold their cards as close to their chest as possible. Of course, it's not... Like, nobody has perfect knowledge. More, like, better teams have better knowledge and, like... Sure. Um, you know, in terms of, like, how the market moves, what you expect, where, where people will... Um, spent their budget and whatnot. So, mm -hmm. okay, let me lay out the general roster building approach that I, as I perceive it right now, okay? 
They are big spenders. Once again, we will absolutely have super teams. But uh, there's also the trend of teams maybe, you know, giving one or two players big salary and then mm-hmm. filling up with the rest. Okay. Where we, where we could maybe see moving t- into a bit of a star player culture, um, much like the NBA would have, right? Um, where it's there, it's enforced by a salary cap. For us, it's poverty. And (laughs) I had to, I had to. Um, It's not fair, but yeah. Uh, No, it's not, but it is funny. It is true. Right. Um, And basically, in terms of, in, in terms of teams that have I have seen, and that that doesn't mean it hasn't it has been an exhaustively uh, exhaustive list, right? Keep yeah. in mind, I'm not as well connected in APAC, um, and like I I don't have perfect knowledge either. Um, but so far, I've seen about eight teams make some series offer somewhere. Okay, just to give you a bit a bit of the background of the situation currently off this season. So um, now this news rolls around. A lot of teams already, they were ready, dude. They were like, I got my contracts. Everything's drafted up. I got the lawyers. I got the players to agree. Once that uh, clock dings, I'm going to have like, you know, four or five players signed and I, I can chill for the rest of the year. Okay. Now this news hit and suddenly... Of course, the Chinese teams cannot be assured of what they can do, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they have to very soon go into like big time savings mode, and therefore they allowed the, a lot of their players to enter unrestricted uh, free agency. Now, from my understanding, there's not a clear definition as to how inter- uh, teams interpret what unrestricted free agency, uh, sorry, unrestricted or restricted free agency means. Unrestricted free agency is, of course, like I have no bounds to the team. I don't have a buyout. You can pick me up, blah, blah, blah. Okay, easy. Mm-hmm. Restricted free agency implies that the player still has a contract. By this time, this contract would have to be ne- renewed um, because otherwise the player would now be a free agent because the, the contract end date ha- um, is already over, right? So, but restricted free agent... What is the purpose of you announcing that if every... Otherwise, by definition, everyone always who's signed is a a free agent, a free agent, a restricted free agent. That would be like a a term that it's just ambiguous and not needed. Right. So I think what it implies is the following two things. And this is how I have seen it interpreted by teams and players. Okay. The more common is that you can directly talk to the player. And that's a big advantage because then you're not giving away your hands uh, as much, right? Unless the t- the player that's still t- signed to you talks to you. But you can yeah. directly talk to the player, which theoretically is an information advantage, right? The alternative that I've seen is that teams assume that this player won't come with a buyout or ver- with a very low buyout, where the teams yeah. now have considered that it's in their best interest to get a little bit or, you know, just to get rid of the contract 
that so they don't sure. have to pay the severance or whatever it is, right? It could mm. be it could be many things as to why someone would do something like this. Okay, so um, this happens, and a bunch of those Chinese and uh, you know Seoul and all those people go into the uh, unrestricted free agency. Suddenly, those teams with money, their money goes a way longer way now. Sure. The market is now flooded with STA agents that want some security um, and want to see what's out there, right? Mm -hmm. Their orgs can't reasonably promise them even to be remotely close to the old salaries, right? Mm -hmm. And therefore, that might have just caused, you know, reshuffle in in some echelons of the league in terms of like, okay, I had my team and now I see that my money can go a lot further because I can get Smurf and then me getting Smurf means that I'm not getting this player, so this player is available to the market and the market decides this player is better than the player they have and Domino from here, yeah, yeah. right? So this, I mean, still has some time to play out. Uh, I think this will have meaningful uh, impact on the league in terms of how some people build their rosters. I know mm. it for a fact for a couple of teams already that uh, at least the additional waiting time, I can't really put it down to the China situation, but mm. the additional waiting time and the additional consideration and you know more information coming in, that teams don't feel as pressed to make the first move. But still, of course, a lot of them already have their stuff figured out as well right mm -hmm. so um yeah i think this will fundamentally or this decision has fundamentally changed uh how transfer markets uh operate i would argue and this excuse me gms but i think this should probably be delayed further I don't think by December 2nd you have a salient solution that uh, allows people yeah. to make come up with a budget if you do, yeah. then fair enough. Then you pr should probably allow teams... You would probably have to communicate what you have already by now because they need to negotiate and, you know, like, get into, um, you know, discussions with, with the players and whatnot. And, you know, uh, yeah, basically, like, everything has to fall into place and then you can open the window in order to make, not make it too chaotic. L let me poke you there. Um... Why is it that you think the league immediate like wanted to start as like quick as possible? Is is that like a false um, positive for me that I'm I'm reading a little too much into like the lack of communication, um, how much this delay has both helped or maybe even was necessary, and maybe even further delays are needed. Um, like, why do you think the league like needs to like get out in front like right now? Like, why did you why do you think they just in, need to start in terms of as the quick window? getting the window up as quick as possible or i mean yes i i would say that like they're both kind of tied no like the, the further delayed the window is the further delayed your season start probably should be right maybe yeah, I mean, yeah yeah maybe maybe not you see um, what i'm saying like if, if if we agree at least at some point that those two are tied then like why does it feel like we're like rushing this when like things are not very clear at okay. all for anybody so one thing I think that needs to happen is the league start um, happening at a time where it's opportune with in, in line with the game 
development, which probably okay. is the release of the third hero. Yeah. After a launch. Um, the season four hero. I think that needs to happen. I think that almost trumps all other needs. Because the alternative is to start like mid of season four or like yeah. later even in season five. What are you getting there? Do you have anything thing exciting there? Then it also shoves out everything else. Like then you're maybe not getting, you know, the next hero after that into this, you know, whatever it is, right? I, sure, I think sure, sure, sure. generally speaking, probably goal one is to start the league on time and make concessions along the way to facilitate that. I would think that is the priority structure, even though I can't speak with authority on that. It just seems everything else is more trouble. Um, if you can help it, maybe you can't help it. <laughs> it's like If there's too much uncertainty or if they tell you, yeah, yeah, we will fix uh, the China situation by June, maybe you could be moved, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, so I think it's it's the reason why they are they only delayed it so little is because of like you know you currently if if those teams don't see value in having the player around they might drop a p bunch of players sure, just because yeah. like everyone's just sitting on their hands right you can't really practice with a squad that's not been reassembled it's also just the thing you do naturally after uh, at the start of an off season um if they were to say like let's move that signing window into january already I'm not sure if that. Yeah, I think it's hard to you think about, saying, though, right? like, about that. You see what I'm saying, Even if we ignore the Netty situation entirely and we just look at the fact that even what you're saying, that like you think it should have been delayed regarding any kind of like budgetary information or any kind of like delays in like, let's say, media rights sponsorship. Uh, or media rights deals or sponsorships or anything like regarding like the like monetary or financial health of the league. Mm -hmm. Like if that's already a worry and causing you to like sit here and tell me that like we should probably delay. Like, yeah, I, I why see your aren't point. We? I, I, I think where nah, I, th I think uh, I thought you were going to put it the other way. I think this is oh, a no, salient no. solution where you probably also have ample incentive to move quickly and not give people too much time to consider things. Um, mm, okay. I, see you know? what you're um, yeah, yeah. I think just to keep the ball rolling, have everyone lined up in the process, workshop uh, improvements, what can be done. Um, and yeah, like the stresses, once again, by the way, this would be the, the next thing that the, the demon summoned is a recession, the global recession, of course. But sure. This is also another thing that the Overwatch League has to work through. And dropping 100%. dropping ad rates and whatnot, and also like yeah. a fundamental change in esports at large and how it can be monetized, and having to reinvent monetization on the fly as well is, is a major problem. Um, with broadcasting deals probably not being the revenue stream oh, of like the future, feasible, yeah. It's the, you once again like now have to refer to the dev design and this is i recommend this actually it was by games beat i think so, sorry if i mispronounced the publications um title but um they uh did a conference and among those at the conference were was uh, one guy from face one guy from Vindex, and one guy from uh genji which you guys know as arnold fr a friend of the show or and has been on the show before and uh 
hater of Joe for uh, throwing profit on the hey, bus. Hey, rightfully so. Rightfully so. To be fair, right. Uh, but yeah, the and basically Arnold said like for him this is the end of broadcasting deal esports revenue streams, right? And I could see how I mean this is probably true for um, a majority of broadcasting at large. Like we've heard how how atrocious the the Twitch deals are now for streamers, even right that don't de- get the sure, bag anymore, yeah. right to the same degree. So mm-hmm. those upfront, like give me cash, some loyalty you type of deals, they are on their yeah. way out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you now have choice of your product. Maybe you can want a multi product, but like you got basically got to make your paper in other ways and monetize. And come up with solutions, and there, unfortunately, the best system we currently have in esports is through the developer, and the developer rightfully says mine, right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> the the interesting part was then uh, for them to basically flesh out that every business is now more than just an esports business. So no. Oh yeah. You know, some are apparel companies, some are, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, school pro- programs. Um, so basically, fu- funding into a consultancy system is a po- possibility, right? So, sure, you cannot just be a sports team type of esports organization anymore. You gotta, you gotta have your revenue streams diversified and use your economic energy that you're generating through the attention that you're getting through the esport uh, into monetizing in other ways, right? And there, it it is far from solved, right? Mm. Um, but yeah, this is this is you can't. Like that, the league has to figure something out. One very good way would just be through skins. A lot of people uh, believe. Um, I think this is the problem. Is probably the bottleneck in in work hours. Uh, team Four can reasonably yep. give to it once while they're still having to ship PVE, which is a huge one for a watch yeah. Um, it's a proprietary software system. It's not like you can just hire more artists and expect them to be productive from day one. You need to give them a senior artist that then has to learn them, which further delays your product as the senior artist is uh, bogged down with educating you know, your Zoomer that is should be tasked to make dope skins for your esports team that might or might not uh, align with your artistic vision for Overwatch. And then you're mm-hmm. negotiating... Uh, between that, between dope stuff and whatnot, so I think we will just have to figure out as esports uh, what we're good at. I think things that esports are good at is esports organizations are very agile and they they are quicker than developers to be able to res- to get into you know the current trends of the internet. One thing where they've done that is with social media managers where they got like you know social media manager brands and some of them did it very well and they can uh, react to the current you know memosphere if you want and just get Mm -hmm. someone uh, but the problem is this doesn't align with corporate culture if I find a funny meme haha for Winston Overwatch and want to put that in a skin right so you send that to yeah. the, like you come up with this uh, skin then you send that to someone at blizzard they send it to blizzard legal there it is on a table of like a pile of <laughs> uh you know paper that they're way overworked on and sits there for six months and by the time like nothing is older than the meme of yesterday you know yeah. as, the, as the kids say nowadays so i think all the kids say that for sure tiktok <laughs> says it constantly 
we we just gotta we just gotta solve this current era of uh, media and gotta tag on something else to this uh, esports economic energy, because here's the hopium from that um, panel as well. A lot of them were doomers, and also, uh, I would say Arnold self-professed to be a bit of a doomer on this situation. But bottom line is that esports viewership still goes up year over year, right? And that's something to believe in. Uh, and there's, there's that growth is something to be uh, mindful of. I will also say, of course, friend of the show, Juked, closed was this uh, this week, and like I saw the interview on uh, Visionaries, Jacob Wolf's podcast, by the way, highly recommend it. Um, and he basically talked about how esports is kind of a uh, boogie word now in VC cycles. I can imagine, yeah. <coughs> it's um, Wait, like that's that's the big uh, like Damocles sword, right? Where it's just kind of like looming over us. The expectation is that like they give us the money, uh, us being like just esports at large, and eventually they see like a return somewhere. Are they ever going to see that return? Is it ever coming? Nobody knows. Um, and and it feels like the way that. You know, it sounds like that business um, that that panel went is that, yes, viewership climbs year over year, but it's not necessarily from like the same platforms or the same games. Right. It's it, it really comes down to at the solutions level. It feels like the teams have to be the one to create solutions because the developers come and go. Very, very seldom are you like producing a new boat to this storm that is like esports and by boat i mean team or or franchise or organization that is able to like sustain itself for like any amount of time in, in the chaos that is this space there's there's uh, one tropical storm could be league of legends one tropical storm could be you know overwatch or rocket league or whatever some of them are persisting most of them probably won't right so the only thing that's persisting is like what you can control. And it feels like the solutions have to be developed from within the teams. Right. And I feel like that's where like you're seeing the apparel, the, like you said, the consultants, even people getting even more creative with like, I, I, I won't go out on a limb, but I feel like there's going to be a lot of very like creative ways that like teams are going to also diversify that isn't just like, oh, we're doing merch or we're doing X or we're doing, you know, media. It's I, I think people are going to get real, real crazy with it because, uh, you know, drastic times and the measures that come with it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 really hard. There are no easy solutions. It's not like we're inclined no. to pay for, you know, viewing that leak product. We just go elsewhere for our entertainment like internet yeah. has been free for our generation it's not like we have massive amounts of recreational income where you just can splooch that on that right like it's yep. it's bad um but i think it's also just trying to figure out what works um and we're up against a ton of dopamine ejecting stuff now we, mm -hmm. we have the we have the good shit but basically like we're we're trying to sell candy against um you know, uh, what's this Colombian drug lord? Uh, the joke is dead. I killed the joke. 
Escobar? Escobar. Escobar. There you go. Okay. We're trying to sell candy against Escobar. That was going to be the joke, which could have been funny if it was any more quick witted. It's true. How much do you attribute that to being German? Um, A lot, because it's fairly late after a 12-hour day today. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's more than fair. Um, Speaking of the Nettie situation, obviously, you know, it's not a good thing, but it only progressively gets worse when everybody remembers that the Shanghai Dragons are owned and operated by Nettie's. So, surprise, surprise, Moon being a free agent, coach of the year, what, 2021? Is that Moon or is that Rush? I can't remember. Um, yeah, not a not a good sign, dude. Not a good thing. Extra bad. Yeah, I mean the the all the all the signs on the on the horizon are not great, right? Like this yep. the, on the one team I hand. Okay, like you you gotta contextualize the Dallas situation as to you know a bunch of their players actually got off uh, their contract. Sure, but then their they let just expiring. Right, then they let the rest also explore a different vision if they find it to be the best solution for everyone to come back together that might happen it might not um so it's not directly like a you know a death rattle sound of like oh no the the champions are disbanding because they can't afford the salaries or whatever or the salary raises or whatever i think while that they can't probably i don't think you can make the business case that those guys should have their or hold their salaries that they had previously um into next season given the context of the entire league and maybe mm-hmm. that i will eat end up eating my words depending on how the off season goes as it so often does um but i think like the the shanghai news of course cuts deep but also this team once again was also always going to be you know fundamentally changing i don't oh, without a doubt i don't think like letting go of moon is that big of a problem would have it have happened if there was everything above by in terms of the licensing agreement maybe not you would have to say no right <sighs> will I someone like moon like, would... find a new job yes so yeah you know with, without a doubt, I think Moon has has people in his mentions, you know, trying to recruit him. Uh, that I'm not necessarily afraid of. It's just another team that we, I think, were rightfully excited to see what happens with, you know, the evolution. Uh, you know, the third, the third maybe final evolution of the Shanghai Dragons going from 0-40 to rebuilding to, you know, actively winning in 2021 to you know another rebuilding phase and what does that look like under moon again um you know i have to assume this is a again wild speculation um this probably was more a direct result of the you know the netties partnership being you know dropped yeah um which sucks um because and we kind of talked about this in the discord which now that i have your attention uh Somewhere in the show notes, I believe there is a link to the Discord. Really awesome community. Come hang out. We talk about all kinds of stuff. Uh, most of the time, it's just video games and memes. But uh, come come join us as we discuss why Nettie's uh, losing the a, a large media deal uh, probably hurts their stock. And if it hurts their stock in the 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 
how would you say like the the crosshairs of a possible recession maybe maybe we don't spend a ton of money trying to rebuild our overwatch league team right yeah um it's just another team that's probably gonna be a, a budget kind of maybe a year maybe. for them maybe yeah. it's maybe it is maybe no it's not but i have to assume with everything that's been laid out in front of me like with this deal being dropped it can't it can't be a a confidence booster for you right no but no no for, for, sure, for sure not um i just think like the ways of monetizing in china are vast and mysterious so I, <laughs> okay so i i don't know how it would impact i i assume like it can't sure, be good, that's not being able to reach your own audience because it's literally illegal to stream your game but uh yeah well, it's yeah. illegal to play the game doesn't mean it's illegal to watch it i'm not sure i think that's it is it is interesting i don't know yeah. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. That's 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 again where like here here's a little how the sausage is made. We're not you know, shocking that a you know, mostly middle aged German and a, a a very dumb American are not authorities on Chinese business. Um yeah. don't know how this works. What can we really say about this other than it sucks? I, I uh, tried it's to, not a good thing. I tried to get a clue today, Joe. Man. I only got like <laughs> got very sad replies today. Is isn't that uh isn't that uh McKenna quote with the campfires where like when you when you expand your your surface area of knowledge knowledge is like a campfire and if you expand your surface area of it in the, like the darkness that you only get more confused. Yeah. Like things become more like incoherent and all over the place. Maybe that's a McKenna quote. I'm not sure. Um maybe it's some some other space cadet but uh, yeah, Shanghai it can't be in, in a good state with this. Um, Moon obviously gone. I think the only pl other player left is Lip. Am I correct in saying that? Under contract officially? Yeah, I think that's true. Is is there any world where... Or or is... How, how do I say this? Like, is it a... Is it a, like, stop... Not a stopgap, but like a... An omen if Lip were to leave. Like, does that kind of make you more readily or, or reticent to pull the trigger to say, ah, okay, Shanghai is like painting themselves in a corner. They've let Blip go, hypothetically. Um, and I, even then, what do we no. do now? Even then, no. Like, if they get okay, a bag and have like have the the desire to just have a clean slate, you know, like, okay, why why not? Like, I I don't think that necessarily dooms it yet. Yes, okay. and he okay. like oh, this is the worst season trend. I blame packing, even though packing but, didn't uh, start it, but <laughs> de packing packing definitely kept it alive long enough after it already wasn't cool anymore, and then yeah. it sustained it through packing. Basically, like the mm -hmm. pathogen was carried by packing into the now, so we're now getting ice again. Interesting. He's basically the mammoth being frozen in the uh, in the Arctis, and then as as he reemerged on Twitter, he brought it back, and now everyone's fucking infected. I I need YouTube comments to tell me, and maybe you know some Spotify or uh, Apple iTunes listeners can weigh in on this. Is this just an Overwatch thing, or do like esports in general like do eyes in the off season? I feel like I feel like it might just be us like with the density i feel like maybe some other like teams in the off season might do this and like other esports but i feel like we just do it like all the time and it's most of the time it's mostly just baiting like i think i saw mcgravy like tweet under somebody 
recently, or I think it was um, another player we'll get to uh, later on in the show um, about like how like doing like the emoji, like, oh, palm tree to explosion bomb, you know, it's trying to make it sound like they're coming to mayhem. It, it feels very like we have a big like off season. You know- culture for for all we, we know these these eyes could just mean to lip that he and his girlfriend were in the docks theater watching contenders right like that could also just be the meaning of that tweet because i think right around that time weren't they seen on broadcast i don't in know contenders uh, i mean see like if you read reddit you would know i don't see once again i'm better off for it thank you Im- Im- imagine wanting to protect your mental health <laughs> Could be me. Ah, well, here we are. Uh, leave in the comments below go. who you think. Hey, uh, there you go. Sh- oh, okay. See it on Great, the stream. Fabulous. Right. That's amazing. That's, I'm, that's, I'm, I'm enriched. That's double eyes. That's double eyes. I don't know about you. Dude, but... That's two sets of eyes. Yeah. Uh, eyes realize, realize, you know, shout out. I think that was Jaden Smith. Anyways. Um, yeah. Shanghai, Netties, not a good situation. Hopefully, we can look forward to them um, building another, you know, competitive team with whatever APAC even looks like. Speaking of APAC, the Seoul Dynasty uh, announcing quite a bit. Uh, I think last show we had maybe talked a little bit about some of their offseason moves, but uh, I believe in the interim, uh, Profit announced, speaking of restricted free agents, that he was you know, uh, testing the market when it comes to restrictive free agency. Um, and that is a pretty, uh, pretty big piece on the table that, uh, maybe wasn't there before. So, uh, where do you kind of sit with that? Is that a, a, a doomer sign, especially with, uh, some of the things that you heard Arnold say in terms of, um, I mean, that was already, I think this was decided before, right? Um, okay. And some of the news we already got beforehand. Maybe not the extent of which was is the same, but like, it, I also could see how the China situation with some players leaving could, um, could you know, if let's say Lib leaves somewhere, that might attract other players wanting to join, and therefore, like maybe these mm, players also okay, want okay, to join okay. up. So that sure. creates a desire in those players to go elsewhere and find their luck there. And Seoul is not, you know, not really opposed to offloading like a shitload of uh, salary because mm-hmm. let's be honest, like you're unlikely to make it back uh, next year. Um, so I don't know. Like it, it's currently just not very opportunistic in the short term. Sure. To have like league winning teams, unless you already have an established system to monetize this, of which that we have very few teams. Shock being one of the teams that are very good at it. Mm-hmm. And I think it seems like uh, Arnold kind of agrees with a post to which I can only assume probably came from the Genji Discord. Um, he's quoted in saying, once free agency is over, I'll make sure to spend time talking through our decision process. Right now, there's just too much uncertainty about what the APAC League will look like that makes it difficult to invest like we normally do. Giving players the opportunity to test free agency and getting the most money. Getting the most money is the right thing to do, especially in a market where so many teams are cutting back. One th- 
one last thing I'd like to say is that this has nothing to do with the people that run Owl. Uh, this is much bigger than the folks over there who are probably just as surprised as we were. APAC without China just doesn't make much sense for Owl, end quote. Um, especially that first paragraph, I think, is is very telling. Um, that it, it seems like maybe the this this deal with Netties kind of falling through, or maybe there was rumbling that rumblings of that earlier on. Um, that it sounds like, you know, the, the keyword here. Um, makes it difficult to invest like we normally do seems to me to point in a direction of uh, budget restrictions. No, is this that a fair assumption? Um, yeah, I think so. I would, I would tend to read that that way. Um, which again, kind of looping back to like the Shanghai discussion is it's just another team that we kind of hoped was going to be this, you know, all-star cast that should be competing for a title that like is coming off of like a very promising season with a lot of promising players. Um, now you have who I think we both consider uh, one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player of all time in mm. profit testing out restricted free agency and your C level executive coming out and saying, Hey, it's really hard to invest. Like we used to not a great yeah. sign, but what I do think while speculation time, you want to talk about solutions. I think I think it'd be a great time to come back with a with an Apex callback. Let's let's see a let's see a Soul Dynasty recolor uh fourth jersey style with the runaway colors to embrace the budgetary restrictions. Yeah. A runaway Soul Dynasty collab, if you will. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if anybody would care at this point, but I think that would be very funny. Probably not. Some some grandma sweaters for the for the Dynasty boys. That's what great, yeah. Yeah. Or something. I mean, man, that's... Stuff. Uh, it sucks. Some good news, please. I'd like to order one good news, please. <laughs> no news November. It can't, uh, can't end soon enough. Not for the reasons you might think. Um, so yeah, Soul's out of the way. Moving on. Coming a little bit closer to home. Uh, Atlanta has been making some moves even as of the start of the show. Um, not only has Sefi moved to a remote analyst position and Gator stepped in as head coach, but also Kai has been cut from the team or cut is a strong word, but you know, they have parted ways with Kai. Yeah. Um, you know, you get first crack at this where, or what does this mean for this team? Uh, I feel like Sefi has kind of had a very distinct roster building style. And now that Atlanta has, you know, now that he's not necessarily in a position of power in that way, um, do you think that changes for Atlanta? Um, I think it's probably a good idea for if you're taking over the reins, mm -hmm. pun intended. Aha, uh -huh, very punny. Um, then you want to probably do the things that you wish your former head coach had done. I will also straight up tell you. Gator, in the form he has existed in the Atlanta reign, has de facto been a coach for a long time, right? right? Um, and that extends, I would say, past this season. I think he already had a pretty high uh, impact on them culturally and like strategically going back into uh, uh, 2021. 
Um, okay. And I think it's also a move that doesn't surprise me too much. I think that makes complete complete sense from what I know about them. Um, the Kai dropping does surprise me. But we don't know really the reason as to why Kai was dropped here. So... Uh, or they, why well, they parted ways, dropped. Like maybe Kai wanted out, or maybe they, they had a better offer somewhere there. Um, I, it wouldn't surprise me if this, like, happy being dropped um, by Glads was already strange to me. Maybe this is just like the most obvious call in the world that this is that Kai is uh, Glads bound. Okay, Kevsta Kai um, plus X would go hard if I'm being honest. Sure, yeah. Um, I think the interesting part is if I am Gator... Mm -hmm. You are a, not, but go ahead. Uh, me when I'm Gator. <laughs> I'm, you knocked that out of the park. <laughs> one, one, one episode, at least one. Um, so if I'm Gator and yeah. someone hands me the roster, I probably would take a roster that uh, speaks my language. Would just be I would me. have to assume, right? But like, when I'm English, pill, if I'm Gator, I, I also wanted roster that can win the league. And given the competition, and also frankly, that a lot of the best West End players are already off the market, mm -hmm. you probably are running out of options. Now, how heavily do you lean into the, from the roster and from the hybrid? Honestly, like with people like someone on the market. Uh, is it that crazy? I, I like. I, I, gotta, I know I people gotta, have like. I think this is almost like hawk slander, but I think yeah. someone would be an upgrade. And oh, I mean, I, I don't think that's as crazy. I I also maybe maybe they already have a good uh, chemistry and maybe they just want to build on that and that's fine. I think it really messed with them that they didn't have a main tag last year. Yeah, of even course. though I'm semi confident that. Uh, uh, Hawk can probably do a lot about his main tank pool this year mm -hmm. um, in the run up to the league. I hope he's doing nothing but grinding right now. But letting go of possibly the best, second best Western player, am I bullshitting? Kevster Western and then player? Kai. Uh, best Western player? Am I wrong? Uh, I gotta think about that one. I think he's good, but I don't know if the second best is where I'd throw that. I mean, for uh, one, he was an MVP candidate, right? It's true. And he was one of three? That I guess my question is, like, define best. Like, valuable? Or just, like, purely talented? Hmm. Okay, um, I'm I'm Except being it, I'm being fed uh, confidential information, which actually isn't <laughs> confidential because it's being posted on the ATL Discord. But uh, okay, yeah. When you have somebody like if if we're defining best as valuable, I feel like somebody like Reiner, I feel like Hadi. Um, you know, there are there are players that do have a lot of value, right? But maybe they're the best. But what is this? Yeah, it's basically confirming that uh, Atlanta isn't going budget. I can tell you guys from my information that is true. 
Um, okay. That Gator is a good fit for the role and is, is a good, great leader. Once again, that's not too surprising. And then that oh. he doesn't have too much information, but that he thinks they will be a good team. And I think, yeah, that's probably true. Um, but uh, bottom line, to get to my point. Yes. Western coach, rookie here, comes in. Let's go off, let's say, top three Western talent. Interesting move. Mm-hmm. That's my point. Yeah, no, what 100% is, it's somebody who I believe they activated their, you know. Yeah, yeah. They like, he was on a on an existing contract. His contract was uh, extended, right. plus one. And um, of course, like, now you can, I mean, maybe he was bought out. We wouldn't know. Possible. Yeah, that's, by the way, say. possible at this point. You, They could have already transferred. Um, right. And we're just hearing. We, we, they, he could have a contract somewhere. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's an interesting situation for sure. And if he says they are still going to be a good team and not going budget, this might just be one of those teams that I exp- uh, talked about earlier that are now seeing that that are high budget. That are now seeing a market like lapse in terms of or like a in market inflation in terms of what how good talent how good you, the talent you can get for your buck um like if if suddenly like lip profit you know like uh cho wrong uh like um you have vigilante already that's probably the best flex support you can get uh other than shoe and you're not upgrading from, you're not side grading from shoe. I'm sorry. I think Vigilante yeah. probably a little bit. You're not going through the hassle of getting a new player, so Vigilante is fine. Like if if all these players are on the market and you have the budget, why hell not, dude? Like you want to win. If I already made it to a final and like was so outclassed that I had to chuckle about it, like I'm <laughs> this sits in my heart and it it's a it's a thirst and wound that can only be healed by winning it. I agree, but I don't know that you need to look too far to have a team that could at least repeat the success that that same Atlanta team did, right? We talked about it last show. I feel like the former Redbirds American Tornado like core is out there in the ether. You have a Western coach that, again, feels very... um, Loose, maybe in the style. You're not maybe winning the league with him. I don't, especially with how much we're talking about budgetary restrictions and just like people buying up good, you know, good to players to throw on team to make a good team. I, I, I have a hard time believing that they could not at least repeat the same kind of success. Yeah, but I don't know if you're winning. What if you can win? You know. Who's who's a great team right now? Who's solid? Who Nobody. has their yeah? Who has their shit together already? Nobody. Oh, so like I'm... to say that to say that they couldn't win in it with that statement being like viewed as fact. I don't know. I think that that's cooked. I think you very easily could win. I think that there's going to and I said this last show and I know it was like very general, but like there are there are going to be teams that like see this netty stuff and see the chaos that's an APAC. And they're going to be plucking, oh, we have such all-star. They're going to be playing fantasy manager and they're going to throw it together 
like uh, uh, a fat kid throws together chocolate cake, peppermint, Pepto-Bismol, and oregano and like oh look at these four things i love them so much as they stand alone but together they make a, an absolute clusterfuck of diarrhea right like it's just not maybe. how you cook maybe maybe i i I'm, i still remain that uh it works enough of the time <laughs> it works enough of the time but if you weren't to if you if you aren't winning then did it work is that is that workable I mean, it depends on the circumstances, right? So pull it, a, it, it, a, bit, a little bit the uh, the curtain on this discussion. Joe and I discussed this prior to podcast, and I basically yeah. said, like, you could maybe think of a team like Glads as a super team, even though you probably, um, probably would could have updated your. I mean, no. Look, how I define a super team is you have a top three player in each specific role on your team. Um, I think if Glads doesn't fit that definition, they are at least close. Um, And the question is, I I said then, like, it has been a while since a super team failed. I think there's no world where you can say Glads failed in, in anything else but, like, winning the league in a absolute Mickey Mouse applied <laughs> patch that basically invalidated whatever happened there. No, I'm, I'm sorry. Sure. Like, I'm just going to shit all over feelings for it. Like, yeah, uh, you're not going to hear any rebuttal when it comes to playoff patches, right? 100% there. And I'm not going to go too deep on, like, the Glads thing. But, like, I think this has been proven in traditional sports, at least to a some degree. Um, I think this has been proven in other esports to some degree that you can't just go fantasy manager mode there has to be at least some respect given to like the i i think the reason why it didn't work is because everyone else keeps buying your key pieces but if you're the guy that is on a manhattan uh salary that walks into i don't know some southeast asian country where the buying power is much lower and you just go like oh this is funny money you're paying (laughs) how much is it yes like i just breathed and made more um it's like that if that is the context of how Mm -hmm. far your money takes you then um i think if you can get your first picks on every single role sure which not even the shock not even the glads not even you know the shanghai dragons those guys never get it done they always have someone that is suboptimal other than maybe the Shanghai Dragons that was probably the most perfect team of all time Um, and also had a deep roster and even there uh, you can't tell me uh, you couldn't have upgraded I actually actually so so agree well the most perfect team of all time you could have upgraded Bebe but yeah I think shock of like 19 2020 might have an argument there no did they have a second flex I mean, how many the second flex support? Yeah. Uh, Roscoe. I think 2020 is probably the most. Roscoe's a base answer. I maybe, maybe, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't hate that. Yeah, yeah. I think like they have some holes in DPS that they probably could upgrade, especially in 2020. But I feel like I, I don't hate Shanghai. I think that's that's gotta be a good shout. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, 
Uh, I think there are some historically overperforming teams that have some like real suspect solutions and suspect players on them that probably shouldn't be there that end up finding success. And I think that only speaks to like the whole super team being a bad, a bad look. Uh, uh, let me pose this to you. Uh, I know that you probably are a little bit more familiar with the budgetary, you know, allocation that some of these teams have. If you look at name removed, if you look at the GLADS budget, in total that they spent this year and you look at them getting bronze, is that something that you'd be okay with? Bronze where? Just in just season placement. Season placements with a budget that they have? With the budget that they spent this year. I mean, they did get third, right? Um, so I'm saying, they like, also... is third like warranted with that budget? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think also given their circumstances, okay. it, it's reasonable. I think, um, I think shock just it, just because they had a lower, probably lower salary total, doesn't necessarily mean they didn't have to pay elsewhere. Or this isn't like oh, yeah, th this wasn't like long, established. Like yeah, long where there wasn't value know, that was built. Long uh, hours. This, by the way, while we're on the topic of Atlanta, this is one thing that Gator definitely has to get on top of which is okay. that I've talked about with Casaurus uh, as well, is okay. the best coaches in the league develop talent funnels towards their teams. And yes. look no further than Brad in this. Oh, Brad's, yeah, without a Brad doubt. is one of the best roster builders of all time. I know you love to hate on, on, on the guy for no reason, but like... The way he was consistently able to attract the some of the best ever Overwatch talent into his teams mm -hmm. and run a franchise really successfully, if you look at it, for uh, totally successful. For I think I don't, I don't think people give Atlanta and, and Brad yeah that's, credit that, in that way. Yeah, that's I mean you you gotta just give the guy um, his laurels there. That yeah. he's the he's one of the best coaches to ever do it. May top three, maybe not top five, mo most definitely. But yeah. I'm saying not top three because now we have you know three coaches that have won the Overwatch <laughs> League with sure. you know yeah. definitive like long term. Uh, and then even you would have to put Shangun in there. But like in my mind, it's like Krusty, Rush, Moon, Brad. Am I about to say Changun, dude? I might have to. I don't wanna. But I might have to. <laughs> you making it was an me? Odd season. Uh, you're making me. I mean, the guy still always has some goofy shit. Uh, oh yeah. Sleeve. But yeah, uh, Eric is uh, saying uh, Ray. Um, that's, that's a tough one. I nah, would argue that, China but field. it's no. This that's is a, a China tough one to argue. Take. That's really hard. All time Overwatch, maybe if you take it yeah. into account, also you know, element. Uh, sorry, miraculous youngsters and whatnot. But but even then, it's just so far out. And like, yeah, he had like the good season with like Chung New. Win a season, like, then we talk. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 tough to argue. I think I agree, but that, that one is that one's that one's spicy for I think general general audiences to to want to swallow. Yeah. Um, but I mean, to your point with Atlanta to kind of circle back to that, like, is there not a realm where Brad can still be that as like this remote 
position that he's kind of situating himself in. Like analyst is a very much like other front office titles, very nebulous in terms of like what you're actually I mean, doing. Possibly, is he yeah. not, you know, is he not just maybe moving into like a backroom role where he can build the team and, you know, work with Gator in that way or, or at least scout talent. That's another thing that Broad is, is, is exceptional at is specifically scouting DPS talent. I would say like the players that he would pull that like he would, you know, kind of pick out of the rough and like make decisions on you know again you don't have to look too terribly far to see you know it going into fruition with venom and stuff but throughout his history going back to selfless again like season one shock like you want to talk about like ballsy and gutsy moves i don't think the shock is necessarily set up for success if he doesn't take a gamble on a bunch of kids who are underage or very very talented right yeah yeah for sure. So, it, you know, if that's something that he still feels comfortable doing, if that's something he even wants to do, I feel like Atlanta probably still has that within them. Um, the, the big question is, you know, does the culture change? Do they go mixed? Or do you, I mean, obviously they are mixed, but um, I, I it, it feels to me that this would be an easy home for a lot of like the the Western, the, the big AT core that's just out there, this big Western presence that like wants, maybe doesn't necessarily wants to compete to, together but like would make sense for them too and you have an open western invitation it feels like atlanta would be you know knocking on that door pretty pretty readily no yeah yeah i mean and uh, but it depends which direction atlanta takes if sure sure like another thing that we have to point out is that uh gator kind of made uh, tablo rasa with um you know coaching and i'm i'm interested mm-hmm where this is going i know like we, we talked about like the pay being like a guy that's um trialed with them um mm-hmm. i could also see that you probably want more korean p- coaches if you're keeping Vagilanti and like sure. apparently are like if you let kai go you probably need someone on hitscan lined up that is a side or upgrades there i say um some korean talent and out there, there for sure. that's korean talent yeah that implies Korean talent. So you probably want a coach uh, to support that or maybe even the manager and whatnot, translator. Sure. Yeah. Um, and that costs money. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, there are theoretically a bunch of uh, things implied by the actions taken currently by ATL, but maybe they're also just move, letting people move on with the same type of, uh, like, premise like maybe kai got a better deal somewhere it would surprise me but like it's possible um so yeah may- maybe we'll we'll, we'll fi- figure it out soon uh enough um i i if i had to say and i don't know at this point because this news just dropped and i didn't know about this before but like i think given that glatz dropped happy i i wouldn't be surprised if if uh glatz was looking at kai at this point sure I mean, that makes sense to me. Um, it feels like it feels more like a side grade. I don't think that Happy uh, has much. How, how to say this without being too too mean? Like, feels like very shallow, but very good at what he is very good at. Right? Like, mm-hmm. Happy is is still a a stud when it comes to like mid long range hit skin. But like you don't really want him on much else, right? I think we saw that with Houston. We saw that this year with Glads. Like there were it was there was some difficulty trying to get him to, you know, live up to those expectations on heroes that weren't like Widow Ash. Yeah. 
maybe a Hanzo. Like it's difficult. It's hard. Um, Kai in that same realm feels like a, a very like similar fit. Those guys uh, all if, need to involve. I'm telling you straight up. Like Ants, Ants couldn't get by like on on his hero pool. I think Kai's hero pool was exposed at times this season. Um, I I don't I dare I say happy hero pool as well. Take, I agree. I I wholeheartedly agree for like their career longevity. They probably should evolve, but. If we're looking at Overwatch 2 and we're saying how lethal it is and we're looking at like the demands of the DPS like roster and like I if I if there is a widow meta if there's an ash meta if there's a sojourn meta I need a stud that can play this hero like nobody else much like a tracer specialist right I think there are some very niche specialist roles that operate as like third string DPS talent as a role player effectively. And I, I feel like I've talked about this a little bit, like hit scan specialists as a role player, I think will probably always be a thing. Will they be guaranteed starting time? No. Will you want one? If you can afford it, probably much like a tracer player, right? Like if I keep, if I'm missing a tracer, like a good tracer player and there's a hard tracer meta come up, I'd love to sign, you know, a Venom, a striker, you know, somebody that can just take over the hero and just play it and be that role player for me. And I think more often than not, you're going to see Hitscan become that within Overwatch 2. You probably also see that with Tracer, but I, I think the way that like Overwatch 2 is being designed with the removal of the tank, with the removal of CC, how good Sojourn is and how good probably a replacement is looming to be. Um, whether it be Ash, whether it be a hero that we don't even know about yet, right? Like, I th I don't think these players are going anywhere, so I don't know if they have to evolve. I think they probably should, um, but I don't know if, like, the specialist in this category in the game that we currently have is necessarily a bad thing just yet. Yeah. yeah you I'm probably mostly. need some depth as, as a team, right? Like, Kevster Happy was already sparse, right? Like, even looking at Glad's first foray with patty kevster and ons it was like okay that like that makes sense but there was like tertiary stuff that was you know in the wind i think like that's the formula moving forward is that you have your hyperflex you have your role player and you have just like an everyman second player that is going to be a threat on some heroes can feasibly just kind of or you just you have know, a beast upkeep. you just have lip you can just have lip. That's <laughs> apparently allowed in the Overwatch League. I I know, I know that it shouldn't apparently. be, but like you can, and I think they're also like lip esque players now more and more. I hot take. Mm -hmm. You ready? I no. think Stalker could get there. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> not gonna reference the uh, the unaired rookie draft, but I fleeced Stalker in in, in a double flex play. Right, like I took. Alpha E and Stalker, mm -hmm. knowing that this kid is, you know, nearing Hyperflex here. If I can have two Hyperflex, I'm going to want that. Like, that's the ideal, but there are just so few, like, really, like, actual Hyperflex talent that, like, it's, they're hard to come by. Yeah. And it, dare I say, like, it's almost impossible to have two on one team. Maybe, Maybe. we'll see that this season. Well, Maybe we again, won't. Everything is possible in the. It, <laughs> in the land of uh, big owners and little budgets.
Sure, agreed. Yes, if there is ever a time to see some stacked rosters, uh, 2023 is probably it. Uh, but moving on, Atlanta, jury's out on just exactly what's going on there. Uh, we have to talk about Toronto, which I wanted to talk about last week, but mm-hmm. uh, didn't necessarily have the time to. But uh, Kasoris moving in, Hisu, Moby Dick, Twilight, Yangwon, um, Muse, although all out. Does this kind of much in the same way, much in a similar way to Atlanta, where it's like, okay, is there a culture fit here? Like, are they painting themselves in a direction? For you, does Toronto feel like they're painting themselves in a direction moving from a Korean roster to pulling the trigger on a Western coach immediately as, yeah. as early as they did? Yeah, I think uh, Kasoris had a bunch of traction in the market. Um, and sure. that, that probably meant that he uh, wanted assurances early. Um, of course, like once again, the, the, the theoretically the roster signing window should be closed and everything should be over by now, right? Um, sure, sure. So uh, they kind of needed to move. I think Casares is a an interesting pickup for multiple reasons. I think he's one of the more holistic coaches, possibly more so than the big ones, because he also covers, you know, the whole like I'm about to say mind body connection uh, angle. Oh. You know, like me when I'm mind body build. <laughs> me, me when I go to the gym and say a big <laughs> word <laughs> to make it sound better. Um, no, but I think like he's a full package. Um, his strategy chops are, of course, like unquestionable. Um, I, I the th- the thing is, of course, there's something to be said about authority and making authority work for you. That might be uh, something that a head coach always has to sort of figure out, structure the team culture, keep it all calm, keep it all running. Some teams are easier than others to do this in. So um, we'll see. I think I think theoretically we, we have to evaluate that decision by the defined now. And I mm-hmm. d- distinctly remember that we said like the defined had always had like a coaching problem. Right, it went from Bishop, yes, to yes, Fefe, 100% they did. yes, right? to KDG. Was there someone in between? Only interim people who were thrown under the bus. No, but everybody, everybody who's been in Toronto has been basically just like pilloried and sacrificed. Like you want right. to talk about Washington wanting blood for the blood god? Toronto's been doing that since twenty twenty, baby. Right, twenty nineteen, and um. Yeah, the the KDG situation, of course, like a coach that had a running up thing, but that teams also told me helped them uh, get agents over because they didn't want to play with KDG, you know. Okay. Um, So there was there was a thing there where the find had best intentions with their coaches, but they always got the coaches sloppy seconds after PKS and whatnot. Yes, yes, yes. yes, And now they're getting a guy that actually, you know, I guess Fefe, theoretically, it's not fair to say that that he fits that paradigm, even though, like, he had the memia of, like, the marketability. Uh, We're going full risk in that regard. Like... Um, we're friends, by the way. But then the players way. were mega washed by that time, right? Uh, me when okay. I'm sure for. But I, I think like this is a different situation. This is a guy that 
It, yeah, this is much this more like, like face than it feels like yes. anything else, right? Yes, this this face is a shift in like who who the gatekeepers are allowing in. I think that's the the to kind of summarize what you're saying, right? Like every time we've seen Toronto move in the past to try to rebuild, it's always been like behind the eight ball. This seems like they're finally ahead of it. Yeah. Now, what really is gonna just from for my opinion, what really is going to sell me is if the roster continues to showcase ahead of schedule or ahead of the eight ball like attributes while also having room to grow. Right. Right. Like that that's where things like really hit hit the pavement for me is yeah, you can point to coaching decisions, but the coach is always overturned. Right, like there's there's such high turnover with coaches that it 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 can't necessarily just be a coaching thing. It's a selective problem, right? Like whoever is picking these these whoever system is being operated is is flawed. So something has to fundamentally change, and this feels at the very least at the outset it feels like things are changing for Toronto. Does it not? Yeah, no, for sure. I I, I like once again maybe at the end of the day it's all going to look like Toronto esque mids next year. Everything's like nothing be, changes. Earth is still round. Everything's going as fine, right? Like uh, the ice caps are still here and whatnot, right? But from this point of view, which is the only time you should evaluate this move, it sounds like a good decision that I can get behind, and I think you gotta commend the defined for making. I think that's the right choice for them as a franchise at this point. Do I expect them to win the league? No. Do I expect them to have a say in the tournament? Maybe, right? That's that's the that's the about the type of situation that the defined find finds themselves in. And of course, like you'd ideally want more than fifty percent win rate. Let's let's try sixty five. Sixty five would you? Oh, sixty five is actually pretty good. Yeah, okay, yeah. let's try 65. Um, so, yeah. I also will say, like, I... Okay, shameless plug incoming. I'm, I'm not ashamed, actually. I don't don't feel that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Come on. Me when I'm shameless? The... Me when I'm ASMR posting? <laughs> Do we have to... Just post? <laughs> Just saying. It would be fire content, but if you're ashamed by it, okay. then hey, okay. no, by all means. Let's... Let's... If... Let's see. I'll, I'll maybe I'll, that will be my tweet for how I advertise this episode. Okay, like I do this, sure. and then I go. Or you could watch TCP. Okay, here's the headline. <laughs> okay, I'm workshopping. I'm workshopping. The, the viewer doesn't know, and especially no, those they, guys that are currently listening to the podcast on like Spotify, they have no fucking idea what's going on. But mm. like basically, I did like a a thing that I showed to. Joe, which is like a satirical blah blah, like fucking idiot posting uh, thing of um, uh, roster reporting ASMR. Okay, be surprised by what it is. But here's the tweet, Joe. You ready? Your tweet is um, I'm running out of content, and then this, and then after that, JK. Here's the new crouch. Thoughts? Go for it. I love it. (laughs) Okay, we're doing it. I already said the 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 video itself would have been hilarious and fire on Twitter, but um, right. But yeah. now I'm repurposing. See, I'm learning the monetization. Right, I'm figuring esports monetization. I I have a meme, but I'm attaching monetary content onto it. It's true. 
right? Oh, so so this is so our podcast is your SoundCloud, is what you're telling me. Basically true. Ah, okay, okay. Basically so he's true. he's aiming for virality. And and then and then SoundCloud rapping. This this <laughs> this is my Twitter for my SoundCloud. That is my day job. True. He's double dipping. I'm currently on screen promoting my content that I'm doing for my day job. See, that's it has levels. It has levels, true. He's, he's like an onion. He's like he's like a German <laughs> ogre. The, the onion metaphor is very apt because as you unpeel an onion, you realize there's absolutely nothing in the middle and you've been duped. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kasaurus. Um, well, there's plenty in the middle. It's just all pain and suffering. But yes, Kasaurus, continue. Shh, shh, I'm, I'm still looking for someone to unpeel that. Um, okay. Um, me when I'm a therapist. Um Kasaurus interview. The we basically talked about like what it feels like to lose a grand final. Man, I was rough. Like that, I interviewed a guy two pretty much two weeks after uh, losing the grand final on map seven. Um, still, like I think the overwhelming emotion there was they were pretty happy that they were able to bring it around, learn a bunch about the meta, and then beat the outlaws as successfully as they did the last uh, second time around. We had right. a bunch of stuff come out like what what the values are that he wants to have the uh, team in there I, I don't know like i felt like i had a good understanding of where the roster is going from what he was telling me um also like <laughs> proper you know but like uh, what it's like coaching him and like what it's mm. like to be with the shock and these guys all also being very agile and whatnot and also what was most interesting to me, and maybe this is also a TCP viewer thing, he elaborated a lot on the strategy that they used in terms of like, you know, what we talked about, like the hiding from the sojourn, trying to have the charge rifle charge decay, like yeah. hiding, like only having proper peak, try to get charge, um, but not with no sur surface area to Edison, that type of stuff, right? So uh, that was very interesting to hear that that was something that they actually had to teach themselves um there were cool things in there like keywords they had a keyword that is flipping they came up in the middle they came up with a keyword flip joe i, I love it i love it because basically what flip is is in that comp they just uh, went in and then lucio and then uh of course monkey kiriko anyway genji dash uh, sorry, uh, uh sojourn and who am I missing? Reaper. 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 Reaper, of course, also very agile. Um, yeah. The only... Yeah, everyone on that roster is very agile. And they just flipped the point, uh, the uh, fight position. So they would okay. approach, yeah. and then they would just say flip, and then they would take the good space of the map and, you know, like, play with the map advantage instead of against, right? And that mm. was something that they figured out in terms of keywords. So... Um, still big proponent of unraveling the game through language, which is, I think, something that we definitely need to improve on. Um, and I mean, it's it's got to be even harder for a mixed roster, right? Like, not everybody speaks yes, like that was fluent English. That's exactly what he said, it. right? Like, yeah. the, the, the These the are concepts words. I'm sure every, every player knows. Yeah. But, like, communicating that, like, hey, I want to, you know, cut the map in half so that we're, you know, on, an, on a, a metaphorical attack and not an actual attack, like, yeah. yeah, it's it's probably pretty hard. So keyboards make a great vehicle to translate yeah. ideas. Yeah, no, no, like relaying really 
intricate concepts in the moment is just impossible through uh, language if it has to be very complicated. Everything has to be figured out to a certain degree. Like you can't, can't really be reinvent the wheel on the fly if you're in a hybrid roster most of the time, right? So having these set concepts was big. Um, yeah, one of my favorite interviews I've done. Um, and I think Soros impressed me with just the whole, like he's the full bat package, right? As a coach. Yeah, it's, you know, he's he's been due for a call-up. I know it's probably difficult to leave the shock, you know. Again, coming out of a grand, a grand final, coming off of, you know, a, a monster and, and proper being under your wing. Um, but definitely, I think Toronto's got, got, again, they've got a good start. How they continue, that's up for them to decide. But all things considered... I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. I did say that last year, though. So, me when I'm year, posting, brother. me when I'm me when I'm posting for this year. So we will see. It's it's difficult to say. I I've been a big proponent of promoting uh, assistant coaches, and I think Casares has been long overdue. So we will have to see some little catch-all wrap-up. Obviously, you if you're an audio listener, you can't see, but Ramatra has joined us as our third host. Uh he they have not much to say because they are a still image uh but on november 26th they won't be a still image they'll be actually revealed and some of their abilities have put out there um any thoughts there excited do you think that we're gonna start with this uh new tank come 2023 i mean considering that <laughs> like pretty much every new hero has made it into a meta at some point now it's probably a safe idea to uh say yeah Probably, probably. Um, I think the really the only hero that was majorly honest, actually, too. I would say Bastion, of course, yeah. and then uh, Orisa, right? Yeah, and Orisa just has, yeah, that she probably needs another look. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, if this is anything to go by, also because how cool he is, I think you kind of wanna wanna also make him work. Um, he seems like a meta. big piece to like Overwatch. Like the fact that like, yeah. not only did they have like that crazy statue that they're producing, this seemed like a big to do. Like even I don't know how many people um, are aware of this. I know the people who I went to the finals with were not. Um, when you exited the arena after finals, they had like these little all, all event long. They had these like very like artsy postcards that you could get like these little like posted cards. I had like some official art on it that were genuinely really cool. Um, I think I have it under here. Um, these little postcards were on mm. a table exiting um, the arena and you i i haven't it's been a minute since i've seen that kind of push for a hero this this seems and it seems like even the developers themselves have talked about like how you know ramatra is how we're driving the story forward this is the first time we're actually pushing the plot a little bit mm -hmm. um it, it, this seems like a big deal um to them and i think it's you know it's 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 a big this this seems like a big hero uh, for for the overall you know arcing story of Overwatch, and then we have to think about like PVE, PVE, and maybe there's a big tie in there. Who knows? Hard to say. It's too on the horizon to really give a date, but um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm excited. I'll say that. Yeah. Kind of stoked to see what that looks like. 
Yeah, I think the design is pretty cool. I'm not sure how well the kit will play from what we know. Uh, sure. We'll have to see. Um, we already know about the you know the t two tank mode. It's a, yeah, always a like little a Yankee. Yeah. Um, you know, um, me when I'm at least nidderly uh, trauma posting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a uh, it's a rough one uh, to make work, but maybe it works but much better. Like I I feel like. You always have to play these heroes. It's really hard to get an idea how. Like it, yeah, even reading Kiriko abilities and then playing them is very different. So different, so different. Like when you when you read, even when you saw Kiriko, I don't know that it was necessarily as. I don't know if that that video trends kind of um, how to put it like explained how her like healing ofuda like the left click works yeah, yeah necessarily or how quickly you could heal with her how much you could heal with it um or the range at which you can do um <laughs> it, it's it is a little weird so i think that this is going to be especially because we already know that it is like a stance change hero where like there are different forms to uh ramatra uh it, it is going to look like a lot but feel like a fucking a ton like it's gonna feel yeah. like an absolute university course and how to play the game all over again because <laughs> i like that character has I like crazy that. abilities i like that we're going into more complex co uh, character design i do too but i will also say like just to on the point of like the kid reading very differently from how it plays mm. do you remember how, what we said about kiriko and like her headshot multiplier and how like that's very dangerous i, like, I still stand by this yeah, I but none of it now matters, right? Like everyone's like fielder pilt, just like healing max, just old, old, old. You know. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's with time we will start to see the the art of Kiriko develop a little bit, where you see like the the fielder, you fe you see like the spicy Moira, but you also start to see the Teru, right? That was somebody who I absolutely adored from Grand Finals. Where like he was out there getting and making plays and and providing a lot of value that wasn't necessarily just you know throughput healing right I think there are different ways that you can play Kiriko and it obviously depends on the comp and it but depends on the meta but um, I I think there is more depth to be explored with Kiriko I'll say that I'm yeah but I'm wary that like currently it just maximizes for ultimate of course right and then yeah you have some yeah, it's too good not to. That would have to be turned down in order to for the alternative playstyle to get more attract. I, I don't think they're currently, if you'd leave her untouched, that the damage playstyle or like that way you go opportunistically, mm -hmm. where you're like an opportunistic omnivore, if you want. Um, sure. I don't think that's fit or reliable. I don't think that's maybe. <sighs> I I, th I feel like ooh, healing Kiriko currently as it is in the game, especially with Tetsu, uh, with um, Kitsune, mm. is probably already optimal play. Yeah, I think with the the way that the alt stands, like the fastest way to the alt is like just an inherent win condition for the team. Yeah, um, which is like too good to pass up. Yeah, so it's it's hard not to right. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. Alrighty, but yeah, new hero coming out. Not necessarily great news on the business front, but the off season turns on. 
Um, like and subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, where or what is coming down the pipeline for you, Yiska? Anything, anything fun on the horizon? I have some dope content that also got delayed because of this. <laughs> um, do I talk about this? Well, why not? I'm currently planning a general manager panel where okay. I'll just in- invite a couple of general managers, discuss the offseason, the challenges that they had, um, what it was like, you know, and uh, I already got them to agree. Uh, we already had a semi-pin date and then everything was delayed, of course. Yeah. So now it's probably going to be some time after, um, after the deadline, whenever that is. If they move it again, maybe it's before. I don't know. We'll we'll see yeah. how it goes, right? All righty. Do you have anything, anything else? Anything that? Um. Do I have anything? Um. I currently am looking at some art I need to spray with this fixative, which makes it the pencil stay in place. So I need to go do that. Um. And then I'm still churning out. Um. A project that is probably not going to pay for itself, but I'm going to do it anyways. Um, and maybe people will care. Maybe people won't. It's too early to talk about. It, so sure. we'll, we'll wait for that. Um, but trying to stay busy, trying to hopefully try to snag some interviews. I definitely have some some questions to ask, uh, you know, first time coaches, new GMs, all kinds of stuff. Want to see directions. We're getting we're getting deep enough into the the off season they think it start to start starting to be that season let's say um and then obviously the holidays here um hopefully partaking in that a little bit um but not too much else not too much but sure. yeah of course as i realized that i hadn't uh pressed publish on your piece uh which i'm going to do right <laughs> after this episode um you wrote like on the top five agents right yeah, top five free agents, just kind of looking at, um, you know, who who is a valid like where people really should be looking at, like how 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 you evaluate talent, um, not necessarily looking at some of the rookies that are coming in, because I don't necessarily have uh, any kind of read on that just yet. That's something that I'm expect that to be a piece um, in the coming future about like the top five rookies who to keep your eye on and why that kind of thing. Um, but as of right now, it's just looking at like restrictive or unrestricted free agents that were already or uh, previously under contract um, and who is probably the most valuable to pick up. Right. The biggest free agents, the people who are going to be shaping uh, the future of, of possible franchises. Um, yeah, I think sure. these five players probably do that. Uh, and it's not super crazy. I wanted to get kind of crazy with it, but uh, I, I put some feelers out to uh, the community. Shout out Discord helping me a lot um yeah forgot a couple names it's it's there's too many names on the uh the table to to try to keep them all in order so it's actually nuts it's it's tough but yeah that's out there um and yeah all the socials all that stuff this is 271 uh um go watch chainsaw man it's great um it is all that stuff check it out support the podcast (laughs) see you in discord if not Have fun in audio land. Peace.